Kia ora and welcome to Tech Bytes. I'm Craig Young, CEO of Two Ends, and once a month I sit down with a digital leader, have a chat about things that are important at the time and how they've got to where they are. This month I'm talking with Nikhil Ravi Shankar, the CDO at e New Zealand. I hope you enjoy this session. Kia ora everyone and, and welcome to this month's school holiday special, I suppose, of, of Tech Bytes because we're doing it a little bit later in the month because there's um, been some holidays around and it's my real uh, pleasure today to be talking to Nikhil Ravishanka, who's the Chief Digital Officer at eNew Zealand. So good to talk to you, Nikhil. I know you're um, good to talk to you, Craig. incredibly busy with a big day job at eNew Zealand. Um, but would you mind introducing yourself a little, including what you see your role at the airline is and some of the other things you're involved in? Sure. Um, as you say, I my day job anyway is Chief Digital Officer at the airline. Um, but I've been at the airline about 19 months, 18 odd months now. Um, and that's coincided with the uh, restart of, of the airline post-COVID. Um, so uh, CDO is is the primary responsibility, but you know we've all been doing whatever needs to be done to get the airline back up and running. Uh, so it's been a, a fascinating uh, learning experience for me. Um, what's what's been incredibly lucky, I suppose, is the fact that you know even the uh, more tenured leaders in the airline haven't ever had to deal with a situation where we're almost building the airline back from scratch, um, which is which means someone as new as I am to the industry has been able to sort of contribute and be involved in a lot of the the day-to-day decision-making and, and, and executing the plan. Uh, but it has probably been the busiest phase of my career, um, which is, you know, to be expected when you're in this mm-hmm. situation, I suppose. Uh, it's been it's been fascinating, but you know, under Greg's leadership, we've taken the opportunity to genuinely do our best to build back better, um, and so we've been able to, while restarting the airline, think about what the airline of the future looks like, um, put some definition around that, uh, also think about how the airline of the future would operate, um, and shift the whole organizational model uh, to a very um, which a very new way of working for the airline industry. So, you know, we are now quoted as being the world's first fully agile airline, I suppose. Uh, and in that model, you know, the CDO's job is no longer to run a digital department or an IT department for the airline. It's about thinking about how do we transform Air New Zealand into a digital business that happens to be in aviation. Um, so over those last 18 months, a lot of my focus has been around actually blending digital into the business in a way that it's almost invisible um, to people. And um, and I jokingly refer to that as state-sponsored shadow IT. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's been a fascinating process as well. Uh, and and um, more recently, I've been asked to run our loyalty business, which is a big part of our, uh, of our airline offering. So yeah, lots to keep me busy. Oh, I'm a big fan of that loyalty program, obviously. I you know, did a lot of flying. I was very, uh, very um, happy to have that last year when I was flying through Europe, which was an incredibly busy time. I mean, uh, personal story, our luggage got lost by one of your partners, but um, were you one of the uh, leaders that put a T-shirt on and went out to the airport and helped out? 
at some stage to get people's luggage back to them? We've all been doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I spent my uh, Christmas, New Year's. We had this thing we refer to as the Bagageddon um, oh. when the Northern Hemisphere storms hit um, and our North American flights, mostly partner flights, but some of them were ours too, were turning up with passengers but no bags. Yeah. Um, and 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 interesting you raised that, right? It's been more recently one of the most powerful case studies of what a digital airline <laughs> of the future looks like, what it would mean to be the world's leading digital airline. Um, to just give, put, put that in perspective, pre the Northern Hemisphere storm, you know, in December, we had about 40 people working in this unit called the baggage tracing unit. And they would process up to about 40 bags a day. So if they were mishandled bags, they would reunite about 40 bags with the customers on a daily basis. And when, you know, there's maybe a dozen bags that get mishandled, you know, in a day, maybe there are number of days would go by when none would be mishandled, right? In a in mm. a usual period. Suddenly we were hit with thousands of bags that showed up after the customers did or or before the customers did in some cases. <laughs> uh, and we really needed to think about how do we deploy digitization into that space to try and get you know, productivity levels up to keep up with that demand. What made the problem worse is we were down from 40 people pre-COVID down to 17 people. And so, you know, a lot of us went in there and did our shifts, but that gave us an a opportunity to look at what digital tools you could apply. Mm. So over a six-week period, we built three tools, which allowed those 17 people and a bunch of well-meaning volunteers to process 300 bags a day, 250 to 300 bags a day. Um, and that's usually satisfying when you can get that type of productivity gains uh, yeah. within the airline, right? So um, I always think these these crises are the best platforms uh, from a digital standpoint. <laughs> yeah. you, you have to take them with both hands. Well, maybe we'll just go down that track a little bit more, given you've seen there's one opportunity. What are the, what are the other opportunities for digital transformation in a company like an airline, who from my perspective is basically a product where it moves me from one place to the other? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, Air New Zealand has had a heritage in leading the way in terms of digital innovation in the airline industry. Um, and so when I came into this role, you know, you have to really think hard around what does that next chapter hold? Where do you take it from here? Um, and really, the mission for us is to genuinely want to be the world's leading digital airline, um, not an airline with a leading digital department, which is what we've been to date, but actually a digital business that happens to be an airline and, and is great at being an airline. Um, and so my agenda is split between the what we do on that mission to be the best digital airline in the world. Yeah as well as how we go about doing it. Uh, a lot of the time you can get fixated on the what needs to be done. You know, what tools do we deploy? What, you know, processes do we automate? You know, whatever the case may be, right? What app do we build, et cetera. But I think digital businesses are more than just technology businesses, right? Digital businesses, it's a different way of thinking about a problem. It's, a, it's being disruptive, even if it means disrupting your own business model. Um, it's meeting customer expectations, um, not 
by comparing yourself to the next best airline, um, but actually meeting customer ex expectations that have been set across industry sectors. Um, and, and, and so how we operate has been a big part of the focus. Um, and when you start looking at existing problems uh, in new and novel ways, so in by organizing yourself differently, you start to generate a whole bunch of new IP that you historically haven't. Um, and so that's the process we've been in. We've sort of been operating in this way where 95% of my team don't work for me anymore. They're embedded into the business. You know, they are working with their operations colleagues, their customer colleagues, et cetera. Um, and we're sort of four quarters in, or we're in our fourth quarter. Um, and we're solving problems that we didn't even know necessarily needed to be solved, right? Um, so that's been hugely satisfying. The other thing that COVID taught us is um, airlines going forward are going to be really disruption management businesses. And what I mean by that is you can't hope for that stability of the past to just show up again. We, you can't play for time and say, things will be all fine again. You know, mm -hmm. we are truly now in a VUCA world, you know, volatility, yeah. uncertainty, mm -hmm. you know, change, the, the complexity. The, this is just, the, this is the new normal, I suppose. Um, and so the airline has been built for the happy day path, mostly, and maybe one standard deviation of exceptions um, to manage. Now we're constantly operating in two or three standard deviations from the norm. And so how do you build a digital estate that is actually operating the airline, it can help the airline operate with resiliency when you're that far away from the happy day scenario? That's mm -hmm. a very big focus yeah. um, for us. Um, and there's a lot of change going on in the industry itself. You know, we're getting... Uh, uh, you know, planes are modernizing. Sustainable aviation is a big focus. Um, the entire way tickets are sold. You know, it's it's a forty year old, fifty year old paradigm. Uh, and more and more, when you come in from the outside and looking at the whole airline retailing space, it's very clear that it's ripe for disruption. Yeah. Um, and so we're trying to lead the way in in changing the way we do airline retailing, um, for, for example. Uh, so that's taking up a lot, lot of the focus, um, shifting from reactive maintenance of planes to predictive and proactive maintenance, working with uh, OEMs such as Boeing and Airbus, others. Um, that, that's, that's a big focus. And then what takes primacy at Air New Zealand as it should is the tools that we can put in the hands of our own customers. Um, so I don't know if you've seen, Craig, more recently, but we rebuilt our uh, 10, 12-year-old app. Um, yep. And yep. that was a big program of work. But the reason we did that was we now needed a platform where we could, you know, spin on a dime. We we could be much, much more responsive for, in terms of, you know, supporting our customers through that jet travel journey. Um, so that's a big part of the agenda as well. Cool. Hey, look, um, you know, you've been, I was going to say you've been around, but it's probably the not the politest way of putting it, but, um, you know, you've been involved in the New Zealand leadership around digital transformation for a, a long time. You made the move during COVID from one organisation to another. So in your opinion, is the COVID-19 accelerated digital transformation 
being maintained? I mean, I'm talking about wider here, not just here in New Zealand, but do you think it's been more patchy? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think it's been a sort of game of two halves. Um, I, I think it's sort of becoming a little bit more obvious as to who have gone down this path of accelerating this transition to becoming a digital enterprise um, and you know, taken advantage of the sort of a platform that COVID-19 provided. Um, and I also observe that the opposite has happened in a few areas as well. Um, and when you're a small country like New Zealand, I, I don't think we can afford to be in that position. I think, you know, one of our um, sort of key enablers of, 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 of sort of success as a nation, I think will be um, will be this transition to being, you know, digital organizations, and not just digital from a technology perspective, but mm. you know, in the way we operate and 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 all of the other things I mentioned earlier. Um, so yeah, my honest observation of things is that it's it's sort of a game of, you know, the yeah. two halves or two two different divergent paths. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Look, coming back to that comment about, um, you know, we are a small nation, you know, even even big organisations like yourself here in New Zealand on a global space isn't isn't that big. I mean, what are some of the big ideas do you think New Zealand should really focus on globally? Yeah, when I used to run Accenture in New Zealand, I came back to, to NZ to set Accenture up and my sort of global leads would always ask me this question, you know, it's, What's New Zealand famous for, or you know, what 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 do you guys um, what what do you stand for uh, that that would you know put you on the map globally, etc. So I've I've been thinking about this through my career, at least the last decade of it, um, quite a bit actually. And I, here's how I've rationalized the whole thing. I, I think NZ Inc has brand permission to operate in two spaces, right? Uh, sustainability. I think we've got this sort of brand permission globally. If we show up with an idea in that space, people more often than not tend to take us seriously. Um, and the other one, which is a little less obvious, I think, but having grown up in other places, is egalitarianism. Like this sort of, you know, we are one of the last nations left where most people are treated fairly equally. Um, doesn't matter, you know, where you're from or how much wealth you have our systems are fairly egalitarian. They're becoming less and less so, obviously, but um, when in relative terms. So for me, you know, brand New Zealand is this sort of the, where the Venn diagram overlaps between sustainability and and sort of this, you know, fair egalitarian society. And, and the sweet spot is where that Venn diagram overlaps. So if we can really take advantage of that, I think we can create a lot of value globally in the global marketplace. Uh, and and that also leads to us attracting some fantastic global talent to come and base themselves here and work with us in, mm. in, down that path. So, yeah, and yeah. at New Zealand, you know, it, it is, for us, it's a, you know, I feel like it's one of those businesses as I did with Vector that actually sat in that, in that sort of intersection of those two platforms. So there's a lot we can do. So we want to be, leaders in sustainable aviation, for example. Um, as the uh, Rod Carr reminded me, he said to me, Nico, you know, um, 
sustainable aviation to New Zealand will be as important as refrigeration was in the early 1900s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so it's a pretty big focus area for, for the airline. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't go to another country from New Zealand unless you take a plane, or you can take a ship if you really want to, but it might take you a little while to get there. Hey, um, exactly. look, I just want to um, step back now and just think about you as a as a person, and, you know, most of the time we don't get into these positions of leadership by mistake, but how did you choose to get involved in tech? I mean, I see you studied computer studies at um, university, um, so one, how did you get involved? And then what keeps you in this sort of tech space? Hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely a technologist at, at heart. I love it. I, I love the more and more that, that intersection of sort of the the human element with blending technology in weird and wonderful ways to create value. That's sort of, um, you know, I, I, if I was accused of having a specialization, that's probably how I'd describe it. I had the privilege of being one of the first batch of graduates to grow up with the internet, mm. right? So um, my relationship with the internet sort of almost defined my career in a way. Um, and as I was finishing up university, I, me and two friends decided we would try and see if we can build a startup here in NZ. Um, so I spent a few years trying to build um, a mobile TV business on 2G network back in the day, like <laughs> properly back in the day, in the early 2000s. Um, and and that was fascinating because that gave me a real insight into understanding how disruption actually works. You know, it happens slowly first and then very quickly. Yeah. Um, uh, later in timings, everything, but also being able to look at some of the macro variables at play and and how to take advantage of different maturity curves and things like that. It was the best education I could have hoped for. And I accidentally landed at, at Telecom and Zed when they were interested in looking at mobile TV as a hero app for the launch yeah. of their WCDMA network. Um, and unfortunately, that actually led to the demise of our startup. We had run out of cash and the VC space and NZ wasn't so uh, sort of vibrant back then. Um, but that gave me sort of the kickstart in a more enterprise technology sense. Uh, I got to experience large-scale transformation at telecom um, for a number of years. I, I was part of that and then um, decided that maybe I should go do a stint overseas, worked for one of the largest technology consulting firms, worked with large businesses in Asia and 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 elsewhere. Um, but when the chance came to come back home and bring Accenture back home as a technologist, that was a very exciting proposition because I, mm. I was very um, grateful for what NZ gave me as a sort of relatively new immigrant. Um, mm. It sort of set me up for, for uh, it, it, it defined my mindset and the way I thought about solving problems and so on. That's, I think, one of the secret sources here, here at NZ. Um, and, and so when I got that opportunity, that was great. And, and then one thing led to another, and I've been CDO twice now. Still working out what that actually means, though, Craig. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's a, a you know young people think you 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 uh, when we get to a certain age we know who we are and what we're doing, but uh, it's a journey we continue on all the way through. Indeed. That's the politest way of putting it, anyway. Yeah. 
Hey, look, um, I want to come back to you. Just you talked about, you know, one of our secret things is is um, um, being able to take all sorts of people in. You talked about your own journey a little bit, um, but we do know that, you know, we've got a skills issue. Um, we've got an issue around diversity and inclusion. Um, you know, we're underrepresented in some particular uh, spaces. As a CDO, how do you think we can better foster that increase in 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 in, in diverse skills and diverse people coming into the industry? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think technology is the great leveler. Um, you know, these tech hubs, when you go there, they're some of the most inclusive spaces uh, I have found always. That's one of the re attractions for me to work in technology. It's sort of, you know, um, it could be potentially more meritocratous than other areas, I suppose. And and can lead to a little bit of sort of social elitism like San Francisco has ended up or wherever else. But generally speaking, from a diversity and inclusion perspective, it's one of those sectors where uh, it's a pretty level playing field. It's not perfect, uh, but I think when compared to others, it, it's, a, it's a nice nice place to build a career, uh, I feel. Mm -hmm. uh, that said, I, I think we have an over-reliance on formal training as a pathway into this industry, in, into technology. Uh, and I'm a big fan of apprenticeship programs, um, especially, you know, now where a lot of the younger generation see, uh, interact with computers, for, you know, from a social perspective as well as for fun, right? So taking these natural social media warriors or gamers and putting them through some apprenticeship programs with um, with the right type of uh, folk who we have. Well, one thing New Zealand has is we over-index on some senior folk who've decided to make NZ home. So right. if you're looking to do your apprenticeship program, there's a few, you know, uh, gray-haired folk around who would be great teachers. And we don't utilize that as much as I think we should. We should formalize a bit more of that. That opens up a whole you know, new cohort of people um, uh, into the, in and attracts them into the industry, I think. And and we're doing that a lot here in NZ, uh, ANZ and, and, and in my previous role as well, that was a big focus. The other thing I say, I'd say is coming back to that NZ Inc. conversation we had, Craig, I, I think the more clarity we can provide to the outside world around what we want to be world famous in, then people who want to also build a career in that space will naturally show up here. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think our number eight wire mindset um, can cost us in that we, you know, we want to innovate in every space and we think it's sort of a bad thing to double down on one or two areas. I think the way the global market is evolving, I think people should naturally go, well, if I want to build a career in, you know, building platforms for an egalitarian society or for sustainability or whatever the case may be. New Zealand's my first port of call, right? Um, I think those are a couple of ideas yeah. floating around um, right. that might help. Cool, cool. And look, just finally, because I, um, I know um, you know, we'll wrap this up. Coming back to you, what drive? What's driving you to keep going in your role and and just generally getting up each morning and going to work? Um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the, truly, the, you know that 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 intersection of those two platforms and being able to solve problems in that space is a big attraction to me. Um, 
I love uh, being part of and assembling high-performing teams. It's it sort of is the you know it's 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 my fuel uh, source. Uh, and at Air New Zealand, we have a very very talented team. It's uh, it, for an in-house organize you know team mm-hmm. for a number of years. It's had a great reputation, which which has meant a lot of very talented people uh, have decided to build their careers here. Uh, and it's one of those businesses where um, we truly have a global competitor space. Uh, and so, you know, I am fairly competitive. I like winning. Yeah. Uh, and and so, you know, this is... And, and, you know, New Zealand is one of those places where you feel the burden of um, of being part of something that has legacy, you know, that yeah. has history. And you want to set this business up for its next chapter um, and and play your role in it. It's pretty easy to get out of bed every day for yeah. it. Cool. Hey, well, Nikhil, thank you so much for your time um, putting it aside, speaking with us. If you're somebody that's listening to this um, or watching it, then um, you can watch it again on our YouTube channel or will be on our or, or audio. It'll be on all the podcast platforms. Nikhil, thank you so much for your time. It's been great to talk to you. You too, Craig. Thank you.